The views expressed on this show by guests and the host on issues outside of the 9-11 controlled demolition evidence are the opinions of those individuals alone and do not necessarily reflect those of architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Welcome to 9-11 Freefall. I'm the host, Andy Steele, and this week we have a great guest. We actually sort of teased him out a little bit a few weeks ago, but now we're going to be having a whole hour with him and him alone. His name is Seth McVeigh, and Seth is an engineer with a Bachelor of Science degree from Carroll College, and he's got a Master of Science, uh, Structural Engineering degree from the University of New Mexico. Currently, he is working as a civil bridge engineer for AECOM, and he is a dedicated volunteer with Project Due Diligence, helping educate chapters of professional organizations about the World Trade Center evidence. We are having a lot of success with this, uh, getting people presentations, and the, the audience is very receptive, and uh, we're really attacking him from the grassroots. So let's just go ahead and bring Seth McVeigh in here. Seth. Welcome to 9-11 Freefall. Hi, Andy. Thanks for having me on tonight. I really appreciate this opportunity. No problem. And uh, Seth and I were talking earlier about uh, my internet connection, so I might get grainy at various times. I think he's going to come through clear for you. He looks a little grainy to me, but I think it's my problem. And uh, I was saying, you know, 9-11 truther salaries, uh, you know, I got to pay for the internet that I have here, but we might be upgrading it. I'm deciding right now as we speak. Anyway, that's my problem. Our world's problem is 9-11 truth. We need to get the evidence out there to as many people as possible. I love this guy's energy, and it's a fresh face, a young face, uh, that's going to be going out and and talking about this evidence. Already has. Seth, we may have covered this a little bit previously, but let's just do it again here for this new audience. First of all, tell us more about yourself and your career and what drew you into engineering in the first place? Yeah, well, it's a long story, but <laughs> I'll try to keep it short. Um, so, um, I, I, you know, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, born and raised. I lived in Rapid City, South Dakota for a few years, but um, mostly here in Albuquerque. And so um, I graduated from high school and I got actually got recruited up to Carroll College in Helena, Montana to play football. So I played college sports and uh, got a civil engineering degree at the same time. And uh, so that was hard in and of itself, but uh, totally worth it. I love my college um, and I love my time in college. And so while I was attending um, or while I was trying to decide in high school what I wanted to go into in college, um, I I started um, my dad's a geological engineer and my grandfather was a mechanical engineer who actually worked on the design of the parachutes for Fat Man and Little Boy, um, the atomic bombs back in the day. So um, I got I come from a family of engineers. So, you know, there was kind of that, um, you know, uh, history, family history to kind of propel me into this engineering career. But, um, you know, I kind of went a different route than my grandfather and my dad. And one of the reasons was because I love bridges so much. And I had the opportunity to work as an intern 
in um, in for uh, the Montana Department of Transportation in the bridge group, and and that's where I really fell in love with uh, structures, but pr- specifically bridges. So my current career is mostly focused on bridges, although I do um, vertical structures as well, and um, so that's why I feel like I have like a voice in this is because I understand this stuff, um, you know, because I was taught it in in my undergrad. I I did postgraduate work in it. I did research in structural engineering, and so. Um, but going back to like my my um, desire and, and where I fell in love with engineering and then how this all ties into 9-11 is that um, while I was going to school in, um, in my graduate program, actually, so I graduated from my undergrad and then went to graduate school here in New Mexico. And um, that's where it, that's when I learned about architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. So you mentioned, you know, your conspiracy based uh, salary. Um, my 9-11 story actually starts more of a conspiracy story as well. Um, I um, am into conspiracies and I know that's not what we're at about at a 9-11 truth, but I feel like there was so much involved with what happened on 9-11 that there's so many other facets of the day that um, can be focused on. And so that's kind of where I started my journey. Uh, you know, I was starting to question all, you know, the financial issues and stuff like that that are, you know, secondary to what we're here to discuss today. But um, that's where I started. And so um, I was already questioning the whole narrative of 9-11 before I even heard of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. But when I learned that there was an Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, it was during grad school. And I was, um, I think I found like a video or something and I heard it mentioned architects and engineers for 9-11 and I was like oh well I'm an engineer maybe I should go check out this site and see what they're about so I went to your guys's website and I just saw all this information and you know the the petition um I signed on to that right away and, and all that kind of stuff and so um you know I started on the conspiracy side but moved into like okay now we can prove something with science now we can prove something with engineering and why I'm so passionate about project due diligence and we can get into this later, but um, was because I had never heard of any of this stuff. As an engineer who had gone to undergrad, grad school, I never heard any of this, you know, even the official narrative, I didn't even know exactly what was happening with what they were saying, the failure mechanisms of the buildings and all this stuff were. And so the reason I'm so passionate about getting this out to engineers is because I'm an engineer and I had no idea and, and it, once you take a, an unbiased look at the evidence, there's no way that any engineer in this world, if they're truly honest with themselves, would not question the official narrative and they would begin to, to speak out and, and, and stand up to these organizations that have been in our way um, <laughs> trying to get the truth out to, to the general public. Um, and, and so um, that's a little bit about my story. And, and so I got involved with a 911 back in, I think it was like 2015 or something like that. And so um, at, at that a project due diligence hadn't even begun at that point. And so uh, up until project due diligence started in 2018, you know, I was really just trying to get your guys' like a 911s videos out and, and trying to reach our community that way. But now we got such a great tool and an opportunity to reach these organizations and stuff. So um yeah that's a little bit about my story i guess is there anything you want me to dive into more well i'm gonna get ask you some questions but it's it's great that somebody reached you with an ae 911 truth video this just drives home the point that i say every week every little action has some kind of effect most of them do you pull you you go send a video 
<clears throat> out to uh, engineering students, and one of them might watch it, and they turn into Seth here on 9-11 Freefall doing great work. I mean, that is how the world works, and so it's just good to try to put out the information as much as possible. Now, last time you were on this show, you said you were in fourth grade when 9-11 happened. Fourth grade is a uh, very young age, long time ago for me, and from what I remember, um, you know, world events aren't that big of a thing. Now, granted, 9-11 was a little bit more of a world event than your typical world event that's going around on around kids, but it must have made a such a big impression on you um, because most world events don't resonate that much. Um, why were you so different? Why did this stick with you for so long coming up in school? That's, that's actually a really good question. Um, you know, it, it did happen while I was in fourth grade. And at that time, you know, just my anyone's really level of maturity doesn't really understand what was happening. So although I knew something big was happening, I didn't understand the gravity of it. So as I as I got older, um, you know, as I started to understand, you know, the Patriot Act and all these wars that we were now involved in and and all that kind of stuff, I under, I started to understand how big of an impact 9-11 actually was not just on the world, but as individual citizens. Like we can't even go to the airport anymore without having to walk through five layers of security. And back in the 90s, we were able to just walk straight up to the gate and you had no no security. And so um, as I, you know, as I grew older, um, I started to understand that stuff. And I think my personality, my, um, you know, uh, my personality is skeptical in nature. So I'm always questioning anything ever, anyways. And so, um, you know, whether it's just someone brings up this little fact that skews away from the mainstream narrative, it sends me, a researcher, down the rabbit hole of looking, okay, well, why did they say this and all this kind of stuff? So as I grew up and I, and I had the skeptical nature and I, you know, went to engineering school, like I just said, and, and all that kind of stuff, things started to fall in place and that together. And so it just ignited this deeper passion in me to get the truth out and not just for AE 911 truth, but also in every category. And so, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of of trying to get truth out there in every situation and and um you know a 911 that was just one of the hugest of i mean the biggest event uh today in modern history and so it has to be looked at has to be focused on and it has to be explained and and you know a 911 offered the answers that i was looking for so i wanted to get involved and have been very passionate about it since then so yeah, the other side's stories change all the time. They can't even get their stories straight when it comes to the official story. If they, but you know, the official story is NIST. It's not a very good one. I know Zednik Bazant was pretty confident in it on the Twin Towers within a few days after the event. But there's been some problems with that as we look back. So maybe, um, you know, uh, maybe there's a, a reevaluation there. That's a very polite way of putting it, or that, that's needed. <laughs> but. Um, but our story stays the same. The evidence shows it was controlled demolition. And you mentioned the five layers of security at the airport. Look, I traveled right before September 11th. I was actually in Wuhan, coincidentally. Um, and I wasn't there for this particular thing, but I heard about it. There was a friend who was on a different plane, bought a sword in China. And all they did was make her put it in the overhead baggage compartment. This was a week before 9-11. Of course, that all changed uh, after the event. Uh, but, you know, yeah, everything changed as a result of this and just the psyche of this country. We went mad, I mm -hmm. think. I, You know, from what you saw, like the propaganda ramped up on the TV. 
Um, and people were asked to endorse outright lies. And that has an effect on the national psyche as well. We're defending something that is indefensible. And it has an impact on the engineering profession, which uh, you are a part. And I, I want to get your perspective on that. I mean, how does this issue, why is it so important to people in your profession? Well, our number one priority is protecting public safety. And um, obviously, the public safety was not protected on that day. And so, you know, the first people that um, skeptics go to look at are the people who designed the buildings. And that's a structural engineer. That's a, that's a civil engineer. That's a, a, a plethora of other types of engineers as well. And so um, it's important for us to understand these these failure mechanisms when something like this happens. And it's not just in, in skyscrapers or buildings. This happens for bridges too. You know, we take in-depth looks at what, um, what caused the bridge to fail. And and in order to do that, there has to be uh, forensic evidence available, which in 9-11's case, it was destroyed in, you know, uh, within weeks or a couple of months of the incident. And so, um, you know, I, I just, um, it's important for us as engineers to, to, um, to reaffirm the, the safety of these structures to the public. And so we're trying to battle um, you know, I'm a civil engineer battling other civil engineers who think who are following the official narrative. And so when the public sees like different with engineers fighting, it, it, it kind of skews away from the from the goal of the actual, you know, study and research behind it, because um, they start to focus on, well, this guy is opposed to this guy and whose side should we be on? And they stop looking at the facts and they start it's a becomes a political game at that point. And so it's important for us to focus back on the engineering and to focus on 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 why this is in, important to our profession, because um, and that's what Project Due Diligence is all about and why I'm so ha uh, happy to be a part of it because this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to get all this information out to my profession so that we can show them how important this is and how uh, the codes need to change, how organizations need to change, how um, organizations cannot be politically oriented or backed or motivated or, or lobbied at all. And it, it just seems through all the research that we've done, all the stuff that we've come out with and developed at AE911 Truth, that, that just seems to be the case. And so it's important for our profession, my profession, to remember that we are—we have to be independent of these political agendas. And it's really hard because the funding usually comes from the government. Like all of my work is basically uh, it's transportation work, and so all you know, federal funding, state funding—it's all—it's all that. And so. Um, you know, it, it's hard to parse those two at, sometimes at the end of the day, but we have to do that. And, and it, I think that's why it's important for us as engineers to look into this because it helps us understand how maybe, um, you know, consciously or unconsciously we make decisions that are more politically oriented instead of based on facts. And um, so that's why it's important to me. And, and I think our, our profession needs to know about this stuff or my profession. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, you watch these movies where there's some kind of uh, conspiracy going on, right? And they give you this impression that all you got to do is get the secret microfilm or show the proof to the scientist or to the government official. And they'll say, oh, my God, you're right. And it blasts out all over the TV and the radios and everything is unveiled. And, of course, we know that's not how it really works. Even science is politicized, and it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be whatever the true facts are. That's what we're taught science is all about. But even science is politicized. 
And when you talk about uh, where the contracts come from, from government, you know, I was I was walking my dog last week and this perfect analogy came to me because, you know, I'm walking and I have the leash very slack and it's almost like the leash doesn't exist. He's walking alongside me. But then as soon as he wants to turn that way and I want to go this way, I just tighten it around my arm and, you know, wow. pull a little bit and, and the leash is tighter. That's how government is in America. You know, we have this illusion of freedom as long as you're not going in the wrong direction, as long as you're not looking at World Trade Center 7 saying, you know, I think that looks yeah. a little funny. Oh, you know, you get pulled off to the other side. Now, I'm not that that rough uh, when I'm walking my dog, but the government is with us. And so, yeah, you have all this freedom to question as long as it's not something that uh, <clears throat> it goes against the status quo. Right. And uh, But they can always tighten that, that leash with the funding, with the media and all that stuff. And that's what we always have to remember. Now I say still pull on that leash and try to go in the direction you want to go in. Now, have you gotten any issues, had any issues uh, with your advocacy for this issue in doing your job or in relating to your colleagues and peers? You know, what's surprising Andy is actually I have received no uh, like adverse reactions like they've all been positive they've all been receptive um even some of my most like uh you know i i don't know how your audience feels but even some of my most like liberal like they don't question the narrative at all like they um they're receptive to it and and like i was saying you know when i was uh introducing myself earlier like once you take an unbiased look at this evidence it's totally clear that's something wrong and, and so when you show an engineer if they're an honest engineer most of them are going to be like yeah what is going on here why why would they do that why assume that why not model the the stiffener at the girder you know like those questions like that's just common sense to an engineer and and um, you know even being trained in these government institutions like we have that ability to question and we have you know we have the the tenacity to 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 start to question that stuff even being trained in these institutions where this stuff is coming from so um yeah that's i mean uh, so um oh man i just had a brain fart what was the question again no have you have you run any issues with your colleagues as an engineer anybody uh saying yeah. i don't want to deal with you as an engineer because you question uh 9-11 you believe in physics and common sense yeah and and so like i was saying i just um i haven't run into any any uh hesitation from anyone to give it a, at least a look over and and you know from that i usually get questions and there's good discussions that follow and um actually i was talking to a friend a colleague of mine the other day about this and and uh you know, he was talking about it, how there was things not adding up and he hasn't even taken a good look into all this, but he knows that, um, you know, he's from New Jersey and, and was living there when, when it happened. And so he saw it. And um, so he, you know, anyway, to answer your question, you know, straightforwardly, no, I, I haven't received any. And, and um, I'm, I'm curious about what's going to happen when I do, because I just, I get really passionate about this, and so I can't wait for someone to ask me to challenge them with facts and, and with all the information that we have. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard not to be passionate about this, considering that people died on that day, and we're all empathetic. We all want to see our fellow man have a uh, you know an okay day. 
um, and be able to live and thrive. And when you get into the personal stories, you watch films like The Unspeakable, it really drives home what all of this is about. The reason that we do it is for those families and so they can get justice and yeah. the victims, of course, as well. And, uh, you know, I like to believe that in some other some other area of, of the universe, they see what we're doing and, and uh, root us on. <clears throat> so we got to keep doing this. And, you know, I can tell you there are so many people who may not even be involved. So they may not even be as passionate as you, but there are engineers who know this. They get this. So I am not surprised by your answer. I mean, just this week, and I won't mention any names, I was calling people from the ASCE, and I uh, called this one particular person, and I went through the whole spiel about the World Trade Center 7 and how we have this presentation, and he says... Uh, you know, oh, so you mean the, where you have three high rise steel frame high rises uh, just suddenly collapse in on themselves uh, for the first time ever, all all three in the same site, right? Yeah, nothing mysterious about that. So I know this guy is right on board, and you know he couldn't guarantee me that uh, politically he could get the presentation, but he was awake to this. And there's so many stories like this, so many engineers that want to dive into this, who want to acknowledge reality that the evidence is real and do something with this, but we have politics involved. We have these professional organizations and leaderships. And in some cases, the politics steps in the way of just getting an audience with other engineers so that we can have the discussion so that they can view the evidence for themselves and make their own uh, determination on its veracity. Um, I wanna get your thoughts on that. You know, the leadership and professional organizations, the politics, uh, trying to stifle our efforts just to bring this information out, you know, give us your, your commentary. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because I was at a transportation conference um, two weeks ago, and actually the ASCE president-elect made a keynote address there. And, you know, so we've been targeting ASCE. So during her entire presentation, I was like, Oh man, how could I go talk to her? What would I say? Like, I was trying to think of all these things and I'm like, and if I just mention this to her in passing, it's not going to make, you know, an impact on her. She's not, she might go research it later, but that, you know, for me, that's not how we tackle the issue. And so while she was making that presentation, I got further into my own thoughts on like, well, how can we, how are we going to change ASE? How are we going to change these organizations? How, I mean, the, the evidence is clear and I just, I want to scream it from the rooftops, but the thought came to me while she was speaking is that, we have to start from the bottom up is really where it's going to go. We have to get enough members of ASDE to start nudging their regional directors, to start nudging the national directors and, and stuff like the local branch leaders and all of those types of authority. We have to get enough people to start pushing them and be like, hey, how come you guys aren't looking to, into this? How come Bazant's theory is being questioned by these people and they just had their article submitted to the Journal of Engineering Mechanics? Hopefully, all will allow it. But um yeah so we um we need to um start from the bottom up and, and being an ASCE member myself i've been trying to um to get other members to look into this as well and i'm actually trying to develop good relationships with with my branch members here in new mexico so that at some point i can approach them with this presentation i want to have a good enough reputation and a good enough uh relationship with them to do so and actually i i'm pretty the uh, 
the New Mexico president who's about to step into office. I actually worked with him for a number of years. So I'm hoping that with that, that work stuff, and we've actually discussed this before. So I'm hoping that he'll allow me to make a presentation. But anyway, going back to your, 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 um, question, I, I think we have to start from the bottom up. We have to get enough force and pressure on these regional directors so that they start pushing the national board members and all that kind of stuff. And so um, that's kind of my take on how we address these organizations. You know, we're targeting ASDE right off the bat because they're our, the largest civil engineering association and they're the ones who have have uh, the official narrative is based on a paper that was funded by the AS by ASCE. So um, we uh, we have to we have to push these people and we have to get them on their toes and and sweaty so that uh, hopefully they can start to admit that they were pressured by someone else and 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 we can get down to the people who are actually responsible for making these decisions and that's ultimately where we need to target because you know not everyone at fema or nist or whatever organization you know has a bad person or wants to you know deceive people but you know they're being led by by their bosses and those are the people that we need to to target and hopefully put pressure on by um, by rising up and getting enough people, it's almost going to be like this, this uh, almost like a union strike or something going on within these organizations um, to, to get the, the leaders to respond how the members want. Because I, like you said, it seems like almost every ASC person who looks into this questions the narrative, but the, you know, why hasn't anything changed? So um I just, I don't know if people are scared. Like, I'm still trying to figure all that out. Uh, it just, it's such a complex, you know, organization and, and we live in such a complex world. It's really hard to like, you know, say, oh, that's the one positive factor to whatever's going on over here. Um, it could be a, you know, a variety of things. So that's kind of just my thoughts on, on how we, we get organizations to, to, to move in the direction that we want them to move. Yeah, and it's awfully hard, especially with people's careers, to get them to do something that makes them stick their neck out. No doubt. I mean, for me, it's not that big of a deal to come out and say, yeah, buildings were a controlled demolition because this is what I do. I come on here and I talk about it. <laughs> or somebody who's got a business they're running, a uh, family they're supporting, it's got to be difficult. But this is how change happens all throughout history and not just about 9-11 but any era of history medieval times dark ages antiquity anytime you want to change in society you've always got to have something coming from the grassroots you got to have those brave first people to stick their neck out and demand it and that takes politicking that takes uh constantly making these phone calls that we are doing here and it is having an effect and it's about getting the young people on your side because their minds are more open to changes. Look at all the changes that have happened in our society just in the last 50 years, just in our culture and stuff. Um, Dude, man, know. in the last two years, look how much change yeah. happened in our society. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, and regardless of how anyone feels, it all starts with the young people and changing how they think about certain situations and, you know, groups and, and stuff like that. So, we got to do that with 9-11, and uh, that's what I want to hear from you. Um, you know, the young people and coming up, um, how do we reach them? Let's get your thoughts on this. What is the, you're, you're one yourself, new people coming into these organizations. 
Uh, do you think that they are going to be more open to this, or do you think they're going to be more peer pressured into staying quiet? But how do we break through into that much needed demographic? Honestly, bro, I, I oh, sorry, that was bad terminology to use on this professional podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> honestly, um, you know, I, I think it, it, the way we're going to reach the younger generation is by walking our talk. You know, so if, if you're if you're passionate about this, actually walking it out and showing how passionate you are by being involved in project due diligence, by making presentations or being involved in some way by showing them that this means enough to you to take action. And if if uh, one of the ways that I'm trying to reach the younger generation is through mentorship. And so um, my boss and I, we actually mentor a senior design group at the university here in New Mexico at UNM. And so we have the opportunity to talk with seniors of you know, undergraduate seniors who are going to be going into the workforce, who are going to be going into just starting ASE or have been involved with ASE through through undergrad by doing like the steel bridge competition or the concrete canoe or something like that. And so the way that I'm trying to reach the younger generation is by mentoring them, by building those relationships and then being able to once you have that relationship built, being able to talk about anything, you know, these hard subjects, you can't just go up to someone that you don't know and um you know most of the time you can't really just go up to someone you don't know it just did you know this about 9-11 and blah 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 but if you have that relationship or if you've shown that you have some uh you know validity behind what you're saying then then they're most likely to to, to listen to you and so one of the ways that i see us reaching personally in in the engineering profession is by building those relationships by by being involved in ASCE outside of 9-11 you know doing things in the organization to show that you still care about the organization but that you want it to be held accountable for the actions that it's taken and so if you can pass that same wisdom and knowledge onto the younger generation um, maybe that's they'll start to question official narratives too the other thing about this younger generation is that they're growing up um, you know, I think I might have been the last generation on dial-up internet, and so these this younger generation is is more tech oriented, and so as we go deeper into tech, what I've seen happen is that um, actually truth is actually easier to get out, and and so there is a lot of censorship, but I feel like with the rise in TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, like these young people who are glued to their phones a lot of the time, they're looking at all these videos. And so if we're able to like put up these cool, like conspiracy TikTok videos or something, uh, or, or, you know, 9-11 videos about, you know, well, this is what the NIST says about this column, but this is what actually happened, or this is what FEMA says, or this is what engineering shows. Like if we can create cool videos like that, I think we can also reach the younger generation who are, who are more oriented towards this tech. And um, it might give us a you know a bigger voice out there on the internet as well as 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 um, as we continue to grow not just professionally but also uh, you know just the general public joining us behind what we stand for. So yeah, those absolutely, are absolutely. And you talk about dial-up internet with the way my internet's acting right now. I feel like I'm still in dial-up internet, <laughs> but uh, but no, you're you're correct. And you know, I checked out TikTok for the very first time last week. I didn't get half the things on it. That shows that I am getting old. <laughs> but I know there's a there's an audience out there for that stuff, and we absolutely need to reach them. I think they're like 10-second videos. They're called burst videos. Most of it is teenagers lip-syncing music for, for that amount of time. 
you can actually record up to a, uh, you can do like minute long videos so you could do like a minute explanation of you know the temperatures that were recorded in building seven or something like just cool things like that and you know um you know i i just i, I feel like there are ways to reach this younger generation if we do it right i think there's going to be an uprising because there's going to be so many people that are just like what the heck is going on we need the truth so <laughs> Yeah, make being informed cool again. I remember a time when the cool thing was to just sit there and giggle at your cell phone. And I didn't even have a cell phone yet. I mean, even when I was doing the C-SPAN campaign, I did that on a flip phone. I thought I was all techie and everything. Um, but it, uh, I didn't get a cell phone until I started working at AE, like a real cell phone, like a smartphone. Um but, you know, that was what people were all into. And now it's like everyone's gone into this hyper, like they have to show that they're politically aware, no matter <laughs> you know, what what it is. They need to get uh, offended by something. And um, so I don't know. You, you can shift the consciousness. Well, let's make people get upset about real things like 9-11 and the fact that we haven't gotten a full story. So I'm giving the signal to the movement right now. On to TikTok. Go there. Yeah. <laughs> Create your channel right now. You you can do it better than me. I don't even fully understand TikTok or what the appeal is right now. So maybe I'm not the best person, but somebody out there is. And uh, maybe we'll even start doing that at AE. We got some smart people out there um, on our staff who, who know these things or can figure them out. You know, but what I've seen, though, talking about shifting public and how... Uh, the public has changed and what it's interested in. I see that there's more people who are open to this than there were years ago. Just not even just within the engineering profession. Yes, that, that exists too. But just out in the general rank and file of America, there are more people who are willing to say, yeah, geez, I think you got a point there. I never really fully trusted 9-11. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not. They feel like they're in vogue saying that that's a good sign i think i mean have you noticed that trend yourself yeah man i i completely agree with you and i think it's due to the rise in technology i just i think it, previous years we just didn't have access to to the information and now that we're able to literally look at anything that we want on our phone like it, it, i just don't understand how it could not explode and 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 that's just not even that's not even talking about 9-11 that's just everything in general i just feel like knowledge has just increased exponentially and so and the ability to learn now with that also comes uh the dumbing down of generation because you know there are those who are addicted to TikTok, but they're like watching the lip sync videos where they're not learning anything they're not engaging their minds they're just absorbing stuff and so there is that flip side as well but um yeah i do i do see a rise in and especially in the last couple of years and i think it's probably due to the covid um just the amount of trust that's been lost between the, the United States citizens and, and their government officials and the people that are supposed to represent them in office. I just, I feel like people are starting to understand, like, um, or see that these people don't really represent their best interests or best needs, or they're starting to question that. And so they're, they're beginning to look back at all these other events that have happened and the 9-11 being one of them. And, and so they're starting to, if something's not adding up, you know, in these past two years, well, what happened 20 years ago on 9-11? So I, I definitely see this awakening and I'm hoping that it's going to continue to progress and, and get us to where we need uh, and want to be. So, yeah. And I think it's also the politic, the politicization 
of everything. I mean, it's gotten to a point now where you ask a candidate what the weather is like outside and they need to put it through a filter of whether they're a Democrat or a Republican. They can't just stick their hand out the window and say it's raining or look out yeah. the window and say it's sunny. They got to confer with their advisors and they got to see what the other guy said on the other side and uh, be against it or for it or whatever. And it's like, give me a break already. I think people want to come back to some form of reason. I never thought that the 1980s would be considered as this golden era. When I was growing up as a kid in the 80s, it was just like, okay, this is what it is. And, uh, you know, the, the I mean, the golden eras of American history were way back then. Nobody would have thought that this was like, oh, my God, people are less smarter now. I didn't think people were all that smart when I was a kid, but good God. I mean, it's like they're geniuses now. You yeah. can put on the television. I, I mean, when they had all the riots going on, you see this TV news station had two opposing sides of it, and it was almost like they were both professional wrestlers. They were dressed up. One had a beret on, and the other one had some kind of, like, gold going on. And, and I'm, like, kind of watching it hypnotize them, like, you know, this isn't healthy for, for, the, for the country. This is actually a little bizarre, and I think people are sick of it. I think that's what the appeal of this is, of this this organization that I work for, and for you know this movement that we're a part of. We're just talking about science, physics, and common sense, gravity. I mean, we talk about the gravity of the situation. Let's talk about gravity. How does the top part of a building crush the lower part without slowing down? How does, you know, I think Byzant should have taken an extra day, maybe come out with it on the 15th or something. Or a couple extra years. Had, <laughs> a couple of extra years. Um, because that's what we are all about. We are not about, you know, presenting some kind of uh, illusion of support. We taught pretty much shoot, uh, shoot it straight off the hip. And I, I will give you uh, all the facts as they are. And so will everybody affiliated with us. And this is where people are at now. I think they long for a sense of reason. And I think we are giving that to them. Um, you know what I love about what we do and why I continue to do it is the importance of trying. You know, I remember uh, watching Rocky Four, and, you know, he's, he's fighting against the, the big Russian guy towers over him by like three feet or something <laughs> unrealistic and crazy. Um but he keeps on fighting on, and eventually, even though he's fighting in Russia, all the Russians start rooting for Rocky because he's just of his determination and everything. Yeah. And I love stories like that, and I see that story here in 9-11 in Truth in real life. And it's the importance of continuing to try to continue putting this message out there because – you know, let's say you're in the AFCE or some kind of officer. Maybe the first time you heard about this, you were a secretary and then you were a vice president and then you're a president. You got to ask yourself, why do these people keep on coming back with this? Why after, you know, AE's been around 15 years. Why do we still continue to do this? If it's just some crazy theory we had, why haven't we moved on to 10 others? Because it's true. And it makes them question this again and say, geez, maybe I had to look into this a little further. Why is it important to keep trying in your view? I love that analogy, or not an out, but that um, <clears throat> representation just because um, it's so true. I mean, look at all the underdogs who have won throughout history. Like what, what was their uh, key to success? It was 
keep going. It was keep pushing on, no matter the challenges that come, no matter the pushback, keep going. Um, your your uh, statement kind of reminded me of lifting weights too. I mean, if, if you're resisting force, you're gonna get stronger. As you lift more, as you get, um, as you put more weight on, you're gonna get stronger and you're gonna build. And so I see that with A911 too, as we get more pushback, as we get, um, you know, uh, CNN or who, whatever news network talking about us in a negative way, like it causes people to go like, well, well, what are they really about? Like, what are, what are they saying? You know? And then that's where the interest comes in the, and, and, and the beginning, hopefully of, of a person who wants to do research and, and learning the truth. And so I think it's important to keep going and to keep trying because, um, throughout history that's proven to, to, to work like, and unfortunately sometimes it doesn't happen in the timing that we want, but it, it's, it builds character, and I think it's building character at everybody at A911. It's it's showing us, you know, how the world actually works. It shows us exactly how our government's been run in, in terms of disasters like this and disaster responses. And so, um, if we keep trying, we're going to learn more and more, not only about ourselves but about this world we live in. And so, I think it's important not only in this particular category, but in every aspect of our lives to continue to try and to learn and to develop as humans and to grow as people and um so that we can make this world a better place so like so that it can be a place where we don't have to agree on everything but the truth does reign and and at the end of the day that's what um it matters the truth and and if we keep trying hopefully that truth will prevail oh it absolutely will look i don't say if we get a new investigation or an acknowledgement i know we're going to if we just keep this up because you know it's like the truth is like a like a big oak tree or a big rock and then you know all these storms come and civilizations uh develop around it i mean if you think about all of the different civilizations that have existed in the world around certain mountain ranges and stuff and those fall but the mountains continue standing and that is what the truth is that is what ae 911 truth is and i'll be happy to continue uh sitting here doing this talking about this even as all of these distracting issues go on and you use some great analogies there yourself including you know lifting weights which i would do except they're heavy but, uh <laughs> No, but, uh, you know, but no, that is true. I mean, the more you, you build know, other body, types of resistance, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I used to say when I, when I did pop Warner football, I don't like to be jostled, you know, so maybe I'm, uh, not ready. <laughs> but, but the, um, but no, this is, this is what you got to do. And you got to basically just, uh, keep your head in the game and, uh, not listen to any of the people trying to naysay and, and cause problems and it makes you tougher as a result. So that is a good analogy. And, um, I know we're having an impact and I asked this of the, I don't know, I think it was the last guest that I had on, you know, if we cease to exist tomorrow, if we're wiped from history in one day or even in a week, uh, this movement, what do you think the impact would be? Why is it important that we continue to exist in your view? Well, to be honest with you, we're we're leading the fight uh, for architects and engineers. I don't think there's a bigger organization geared towards calling for a reinvestigation into the, what actually happened on 9-11 in terms of the collapse of the buildings. So if we were to disappear, that fight, you know, the, it would it, it would dissipate, uh, you know, it, 
maybe not completely, but a lot. And so um, the, it's important for us to continue to exist because uh, one, we are um, the professionals in this area. And so we, we know what we're talking about as engineers and, and those who have signed on to this petition and who are backing A911. It's important that, that engineers continue to support this movement. And, and um, if we don't exist, um, I just feel like it's 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 never going to be answered. There aren't going to be um, people who are. I, I mean, look at the the new study that came out from Lee, uh, Dr. Holsey at Alaska Fairbanks. Like we wouldn't have that study if AE nine eleven truth didn't exist, and therefore we wouldn't know the actual collapse mechanisms that um, were false from NIST. And so if if, if AE nine eleven didn't exist, and if we don't continue to exist, these types of things aren't going to come out, and therefore the public is not going to be aware of this. And, and and as engineers, as people who care about public safety, these answers need to be released. Like these questions need to be answered. And so um, it's important for A911 to exist because we can provide those answers and we can hold the government accountable uh, for whatever actions they may or may not have taken. And, and so I think it's important for us to, to continue to do that. That's right. You know, we don't just produce videos. We don't just get together once a year and say, we're going to make a documentary and that is it. I certainly don't just do the show. The show is more of an afterthought of my week. I mean, it, we record it in the middle of it, but it's more of an afterthought of the week than the real work. I've been on the phone all day, a uh, big part of it, calling ASCE people and all of that. So we're constantly working and doing that work. And that's the important stuff right there. We don't exist so that we can have the show and all of our educational materials. Those things exist so that you can take it forward and, and be the activist yourself and uh, spread this message. But uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so thankful for AE 911 Truth and all the great people here. I mean, we have Roland, our CEO, who's so dedicated to project due diligence and has you on board and all the engineer volunteers. I mean, we have Kelly who keeps the lights on here and Ted who, you know, does all the legal stuff and the strategy and all of that. And, and so many folks, I mean, right down to the editors, the people who edit our uh, works, we could not do this stuff without them. Um, so probably an engineer watching this at some point in future history, deciding whether or not he wants to get involved, whether or not he wants to stick his head up and be among the counted and either sign the petition or uh, join up with PDD. Tell him why you should be doing that, Seth. <laughs> Man, if you if you haven't gotten passion from everything I've said so far, then I don't know if I can convince you, but um, gosh, I just... I, I think it's important for every engineer to be uh, involved in this in some capacity because uh, if you're licensed professional, like I said at the beginning, public safety is our number one priority. And with the loss of lives that happened on 9-11, something, something happened, something's wrong, that someone didn't do their job, like people died. And so public safety was in jeopardy. And so um, if you're not like interested in learning about how to keep the public safe, then I'm not even sure you should be an engineer because that's how we approach designs. How can we design this thing to be the safest structure for the public's safety? And so um, 
if you if you don't approach this issue with that in mind, then I'm not sure what's going to motivate you because uh, lies were lost. But for me personally, the thing that motivated me and continues to motivate me is seeing the passion that come from people when they hear this information. And so if you've learned this information and it uh, ignites this fire, don't let it die. Use it. Let it grow. Like start talking to your colleagues. Start mentoring people start asking you know your seniors about these questions and 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 problems that are raised up in dr holsey's report you know take them take the stiffner uh um issue to your mentor for um discussion and ask them you know well why wasn't this thing modeled or what would happen if we did model it and blah 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 and so that creates discussion and that goes back to how can we mentor the younger generation and all that stuff so it's like this circular thing but it's important for us as engineers to be involved in in these organizations because um we we have to hold our government accountable at the end of the day. I mean, that's charged that's charged to us, not as the engineers even, but as citizens of the United States. You know, the whole constitution, the declaration of independence, it was set up, written this way so that we would question our government. And, it, and we have to be involved in these types of organizations and these type of outreaches in order to do that. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, it, plus if you just love truth, I, I mean, this is really where it's at for you. So it's, um, I, I, those are a few reasons I think people should stay and get involved. Yeah, and you should get involved because, first of all, if you care about the issue, then what are you here for? You know, you don't want to just post memes on Facebook and say, "Hey, I, you know, I agree. The buildings were brought down in controlled demolition." You know, fifty other people who already agree with me. Look at this. I, I'm not interested in that. You know, I post like funny cat memes. Uh, Facebook, that's what it's for. And I do my work during the day out in the real world because that is where the change happens. And yeah. anyone out there can do that as well. Um, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who, you know, when you're faced with real work, there's not a big hole in the wall shaped like you out there, you're willing to do it. Um, then, then we do want to talk to you and we want you to help us out and we'll give you direction and you learn skills. It's like the army too. I'm not supposed to say that because there's a lot of peace activists out there. I'm not talking about <laughs> literally like the army, but in the army, they advertise it that you learn a skill by doing it. You can learn skills here too. I've picked up so many over the years, so many problems I've had to figure out. I mean, I've forgotten more things, uh, than, uh, than I can remember here. But basically, uh, you know, you can learn a lot of stuff, learn a lot of life situations, great for young people, because this stuff will apply out in the professional world as well. And you can take that knowledge forward. So be part of it, participate, uh, do the work. Most of everything is, most of everything that is successful, I should say, is because people just decided that they were going to do it. So let us know if you want to be involved and this is another common question I ask people, Seth, I'm going to ask you, what gives you hope? What keeps driving you forward and continuing to do this work, even though 9-11 happened 20 years ago? Yeah, well, I, I mentioned it previously, but seeing, you know, just people's uh, interest peak when they start to, like, when you're making a presentation and all of a sudden you get, like, this happen and people sit up a little bit and they're like paying attention to you like that gives me hope that means that we're reaching people that means that we're making an impact on people that means the truth is actually doing what it's supposed to do and, and convicting people to take action and to be involved and so um that gives me hope when i see that but also just 
the the success we've been having in project due diligence and getting presentations and the way that we're going about it, trying to reach these different organizations and and uh, and and calling ASCE people and 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 hearing that you know that they do know that it was controlled demolition and, and stuff like that. That gives me hope. Um, seeing all the videos that come out um, about 9/11, that gives me hope. Like um, I actually found this this. Um, this guy who wrote this book about like the, the psychological effect that 9-11 had and it goes into a little bit of like the occult background so this goes back to the conspiracy but the reason i bring that up is just because the, it's getting out there like people are starting to question and so that question it more and so that gives me hope and 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 i just i see it heading in the direction that we want and like you said it's not if a new investigation comes but when that new investigation comes because we are making an impact and we're we're making tidal waves in the engineering community and i'm excited to be a part of it and i can't wait to see what happens but um i definitely have hope that it's going in the right direction because not only that but i'm also part of a uh, the legal battle that's happening right now between us and and um uh ASCE um for denying our our um article to be included in the journal of engineering mechanics be based on it was said that it was um a, a, it would harm the public safety or something like that it'd be a um but anyway they're like the success we've been having in that in that our article is now going to be reviewed again by by an uh ASCE member um or the director i can't remember his title but um, there's things happening in the right direction. And so I have a bunch of hope and ton of hope that it's, it's going in the right way and, and people are waking up and the truth is getting out there. So, yeah, they said it was out of scope. It's out of scope being right. correct. Out of scope. That was it. Being <laughs> correct is out of scope for them. They want to just uh, keep the, the original theory unchallenged. Of course, we're going to do something about that or looking to do something about that. And you know, 9-11 truth is such a unifying issue. There used to be this church and I, I don't know if we've had, if we've had an event there in a lot, you know, in a quite a while, but when 9-11 truth was first starting, and I think even before AE 9-11 truth was created, it was called all souls church where they would have these events. And I remember thinking what an appropriate name for a venue for this movement. I mean, you have people from the left and from the right, from different races, different backgrounds, just different everything, different life experiences that make people who they are. And usually, I mean, you see them trying to use the stuff to divide us, to turn us against each other. But when you talk about 9-11 truth, the people who get it, man, they get it. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what you do in your spare time. I mean, what politics you have, they just instantly bond, and that's why we keep uh, AE free of all that other outside stuff, because who needs that kind of division here in this Garden of Eden that we have? Of course, it's not really like a Garden of Eden because we're focused on uh, something that's very hard to do, very hard to uh, get acknowledged, but that's where you really have unity is just focusing on the science. And of course, science should be a unifying thing because uh, you can't change the laws of physics. You can't make them stand down in a day. Um, so we are just basically going to keep on doing what we're doing. And anybody that wants to help out can follow direction and uh, do what, what we actually need. You can contact us and sign up. We definitely need the help. Um, and I want to know, in our last couple of minutes here, Seth, just any final thoughts you want to leave this audience with? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just so appreciative to be able to come on the show and, and, and share my story with you guys and, and talk a little bit about what gets me fired up about this. It's um, it's actually really good discussion to have with family, friends and, and uh, co-workers even, you know, at the appropriate time. And, and so I would just encourage everyone that's listening to this to, um, if you, whether you've taken the time to research this or not, to have, start to have those discussions. Because like I was saying, um, we're going to make an impact from the bottom up. So the more people that get this, the more people involved in these organizations or, or just in general, the general public, um, the more people that we can get to, to understand the truth and realize what's going on, uh, the more impact we're going to have and, and, and the faster uh, it's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I just want to encourage anyone that's listening to this that hasn't dived into this issue that you either like go to AE 911 and watch all the documentaries or reach out to us and, and request like, uh, you know, the, I mean, all the info is on AE911, so if you just spend a couple of days there, you'll learn. But anyway, I just, yeah, if you haven't done that, uh, or if you have done that, start to have those discussions and, and start to make that impact and start to mentor the younger generation and, and start to make those TikTok videos if you're so inclined and to get that truth out there. So, but that's, that's right. it. <laughs> And if you are in the leadership of professional organizations, instead of sitting there watching this video, shaking your fist at me, why don't you just look at some of the information? I understand you don't have to open your mouth necessarily at first at the next board meeting. Uh, you know, I know you understand. I understand you may need to go with the flow, but just secretly, a little secret between you and me. Just take a look at some of the information, and nobody controls the space between your head. That's the great the great uh, secret to life there. There is no thought police. There's nobody judging you when you keep things to yourself. And that is where all the change starts is in your head. So just humor us and take a look at the information for yourself. Seth, I love your passion. I love your energy. And uh, thank you so much for coming on 9-11 Freefall today. Thanks, Andy. I really appreciate it. I hope you uh, have a good night and uh, let's continue the good work. All right, so that's it, folks. It's another 9-11 free fall. I hope my internet uh, kept together well enough for this episode. We're going to be definitely looking to uh, deal with those problems for the next one. But uh, let us know how we can improve the show. As always, do it at 911freefall.com, or you can write into ae911truth.org. Or if you don't feel like doing all that, just leave a comment in the YouTube comment section. I'll probably see it. Uh, but for my part, this is Andy Steele saying we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.